It's just like a it's a unicorn horn on your forehead. Yeah. <laughs> on the camera. Brilliant. I feel like a horse right now. Like there's been a like a carrot. Well, you are a horse. And I'm supposed to go walking now. Did you not know that? I did not beforehand. Know. I did not know that I was not a horse. Well, it turns out you are. But then again, does a horse know that it's a horse? Or that it's not a human? Maybe it has no idea. That's a good question. Maybe I am a horse. What well, is a horse? What's that what's that term? Like just like self-awareness or, or consciousness? Yeah, I don't I don't self-actualization. Know. Well I've heard it called like the human brain is the lens that can see itself. Huh. But all other animals, at least from what we know and can tell, can't do that yeah. themselves. Yeah, there are Which only like a handful of other animals who are smart enough to recognize that a mirror is a reflection. I just, I just can't picture Ed Sullivan sitting there going, "I think, therefore, I am." Like, I think they just think in different ways, hmm. and not really about their being. I don't know. More just about instincts and wants and fears and things like that. Yes, on this episode of Horsecast, we're going to talk about <laughs> how conscious horses are. I don't want to start a horse podcast. It's done. Please, no. It's now the horse cast. No. And not to be confused with like a horse that broke its leg. Oh, yeah. It's not a cast for horses unless the horse wants to listen to it. Um, I wonder how many horse owners even talking about horses? force their horses oh, wait, to remember. listen to horse podcasts. Yeah. You Sometimes know, I think about little like little quirks of statistics. Like there are so many people in the world that... It is highly probable that at least one person does a certain thing. Yeah. And I just find that funny. Yep. Just some horse out there with headphones and the owner's just like, I know you're going to love listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> horse headphones. Anyway, um, we're going to do a different episode today, Martin. It's about horses. I already told you this. The no, horse cast. No, I refuse. I refuse to do this. This is a hostile takeover of my business. I resent this and I will fight against it. You know, I had to fight against something on my other podcast the other day, too. Was it also a horse cast? No. Um, so, Andrew, on Listen Money Matters, he and I were doing an episode about, I think we we're doing an episode about um, lifestyle businesses versus growth-minded businesses, because we've been doing this whole month about starting an online business and being an entrepreneur, and I wanted to highlight the difference between people who start businesses to fund a certain type of lifestyle Versus people who start businesses to get big fast and are more of like a startup mentality kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, he started thinking up stupid domain names in the episode. And he ended up thinking of the name moneypredator.com. Oh, I know why this was. Uh, because I'm, I'm reading the book about Amazon.com right now. It's called The Everything Store. And there's a story in that book about how Barnes & Noble... The founders of Barnes & Noble wanted to name their website, which was set up to be a competitor to Amazon, they wanted to name it bookpredator.com, which is the dumbest name I've I ever heard of for a website. predator is not... Yeah, it's a bad name. It doesn't sound that friendly. There's just like nothing but bad connotations there all yeah, around. Every connotation I thought of immediately <laughs> was bad. <laughs> but Andrew's like, what if I got moneypredator.com? And then he spent the entire episode trying to make that a thing. And uh, I'm not standing for it. That sounds I don't like it. Really sketchy to be the money predator. I don't. It does. It really does. I don't think I would trust the money predator. But all I'm trying to say is I'm dealing with mutiny on all sides here. 
Yeah. I have one co-host trying to make the dumbest domain name a thing, and I've got another one trying to turn my podcast into a radio show for horses. Well, that's I've lost control of my life. I think it is. Except for how many horses are like it's, the it's potential audience friendly. of horses. Well, I'm not saying it's a good business decision. That's true. But I am saying it's a blue ocean strategy. That is true. No one's tried this. Can you explain what a blue ocean strategy is for the people who don't know what that is? Oh, we're going to start something crazy and brand new. We got no competitors. It's a sea of opportunities, y'all. Horsecast. Yeah, I suppose so. Episode one. See, I have this feeling that if I go on iTunes and search for Horsecast, I will find something. Well, then it won't be a blue ocean strategy, and I will be sad. I have to look, actually. We got to look. Horse, there's horsecast. a horse podcast, and they beat me to it. Horse. <laughs> there's... There's a bunch of horse cat. Oh, oh. See now it's just obvious. Oh because no! Is this like My Little Pony yeah. stuff? Yeah, the bronies oh. beat you to it. Sorry, it's mm. not a blue ocean strategy. They took and, my business plan. And the pond that you're wading into is one that I will not be joining you. That in. is not a blue ocean in the slightest. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I concede. Stay away. I concede. <laughs> Anyway, okay, so we are going to do a different kind of, of episode this week. Um, normally, we take a few questions from our readers and we discuss them, and it's kind of a variety show. But we are less than two weeks away from moving. Oh yes, very and, much less than two weeks. It's like eleven days. Yeah, as we record this, I mean, what's our what's our recording schedule like? I think this would be going out on the tenth of April. I want to yes, say yes. So we'll be moved. Yeah, by the time people listen to this, we're going to be moved. But as we're recording this, we've got 11 days, and I thought that since we're in the thick of it, it would be a good idea for us to talk about all the considerations that we've been thinking about when it comes to moving to a new state, or just moving in general. Because I think this is something that a lot of students are going to go through either uh, during their school career or more likely when they graduate and try to find a job somewhere. So let's do an episode about how to move. Yes, let's. Now, this, I think we are in a bit of a different situation because we're not in the common situation where you're looking for a job and the job draws you to a new place. Yes. And I think that happens for a lot of people. Most of our friends are good examples of that. Our friend Kimberly just went to Seattle for a job. Shout um, out to Kimberly. Yeah. P.S. Ryan, team. And Ryan. Hey, Ryan, how's it going? I don't know if you listen to this podcast. I don't know. But if we'll you do, see. hi. <laughs> I want to come visit. Um, a lot of our friends moved up to Minneapolis. One of our friends moved down to Kansas city and one of our friends moved out to Las Vegas all for a job. Yeah. But ours was different. So I know that I wanted to move to Denver because I have always wanted to live near mountains or an ocean because I've been tired of living in like flat landlocked Iowa for my entire life. And I've always wanted to be able to either ski or surf. Um, and for me, the decision to go with Denver rather than somewhere like San Diego was twofold. Number one, Denver is cheaper than San Diego. It's still definitely more expensive than Iowa, but it is cheaper than San Diego, at least. Yeah. At least in the areas I would want to live in in San Diego. Uh, and also, I just having visited both places, and I think it actually is pretty good to be able to visit someplace before you move there. I ended up liking the seasons. I thought, you know, in my head that like summer all the time in San Diego would be amazing, but I kind of missed the seasons, like just being out there on a visit. I mean, it was like November and I'm like, it's not even chilly. There's yeah. no leaves falling up the trees. It's summer right here. Yeah, I could see that. 
Honestly, the the seasons are like a big part of this is an important thing for me because I like them. Yeah, that's true. I don't want to lose Autumn. It's my favorite. I do like Autumn. Mm-hmm. And um, otherwise, you know, on the other hand, I've also got some friends out in Denver. So that was another big consideration. Um, some of my entrepreneurial friends already live out there. So that was a definite plus. But I remember for me, the decision to do it now came down to uh, having a conversation with my girlfriend because we had been thinking about potentially just moving within Iowa, staying in Des Moines and just getting a place of our own. But I had a talk with Andrew, who usually has pretty good ideas other than Money Predator because he's 30 or 31 and has more life experience than me. And he was like, you should talk to your girlfriend about what she wants for the long term and have a conversation about where you're actually going to move. So we did that. And we both came to the conclusion that we both didn't want to stay in Iowa forever. So what's the point of like having an interim move between wherever we're going to end up and where we are right now? Yeah. So, so why, why move within Iowa again? Yeah, exactly. Because it probably would have been without a clear reason to stay. Yep. It probably would have been moved to an apartment in Des Moines for like a year and then eventually move somewhere else. Yeah. And I was pretty bummed about that because it would have meant leaving my roommates who I'm good friends with. But then getting really nothing all that exciting in return. Yeah. In terms of like a new home. It's like, oh, it's the same home. But now I'm a half an hour drive away from my friends. <laughs> Hooray. Yay. <laughs> oh, shucks. <laughs> this is great. So we just started looking at the map and making a short list of cities. I had Portland on that short list because I like Portland for everything other than the weather. And the weather was like the deal breaker because it's just constantly rainy and cloudy there. Um, I did like San Diego, but Denver kind of came up and in particular Boulder came up because my friend Matt lives out in Boulder and Boulder is right nestled up against the mountains. You can basically walk from the center of downtown to a mountain trail in about 20 minutes on foot if you want. Yeah, it's pretty nice. It's a really cool town. So we drove out there. We toured some apartments. We checked out the town and we really liked it, but it was really, really expensive. So my girlfriend, being very smart, decided to book some tours in Longmont, which is like another smallish town about 20 minutes north of Boulder, but also a few tours down in Denver. So we went and toured the places in Longmont, and it kind of felt like another Iowa there. Really? Like, it's nice there, but Longmont isn't a big city, so it doesn't feel like Denver. Um, And Boulder feels like a weird, I don't know what Boulder feels like. Boulder feels like a weird mix between like Silicon Valley and a bunch of like hippies and I don't know. I like it, but it's a weird town and it's right up against the mountains. Whereas Longmont is actually northeast. So you kind of get away from the mountains. You're still kind of on the front range and you can see them, but it's not a super quick drive to get to them. Uh. And also it just has a more normal small townish feel. So I was like, that could be a you know a potential place to move, but it seems not very exciting. Like the novelties. Yeah, not, not as cool. Coming like I from think Iowa. I think shaking up the system and really, Smash I don't know, having some having some kind of cool change happen when you move is something to look forward to. And I know it's going to get me out of certain habits. It's going to challenge me. And I just felt like going to a town like Longmont would diminish that because it felt too much like my same old city here in, in Ankeny. Yeah, if you're going to do something big, like move halfway across the country, you probably shouldn't feel exactly (laughs) the same, unless unless you want to, but I wouldn't bother moving that far if it wasn't for something new. 
Yeah. And I guess the way I could, I could uh, connect this back to somebody who's looking for jobs, because I think, you know, again, the vast majority of people who are going to move are going to move because they're looking for a job. Obviously, if you get one job, you may have to move to wherever that job is located. But if you have multiple offers on the table, there's definitely an argument to be made for prioritizing the one that's in a more exciting place over maybe one that pays a little bit better or something like that, but it's in a bad place. And a good story I can tell you about that is from when we still live in Ames at the old crappy apartments. So you remember our friend Joel would always want to go to the pool like every single day? Oh, yes. <laughs> every day. Every single All day. All the time. You guys want to go to the pool? Uh, so one day he said, let's go to the pool. I said, okay, because I almost always said, okay. And we went up there and there was this guy who was visiting a friend, um, but he had graduated the previous semester. And for whatever reason, I got to talking to him and he said, yeah, I graduated with an electrical engineering degree and I got a job in this small town about two hours east or west of here in Iowa. And I hate my life right now because the job pays well, but the town has literally nobody my age in it. It's all older people. I have basically no friends, nothing in common with anybody. And the only time I have fun is when I drive a couple of hours to go back here and see my friends. A and couple of hours is a long time to have to drive to see any friends. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah. And that just kind of put this idea in my mind that you have to think about your life holistically when you're making a decision of where you're going to move or what kind of job you're going to accept because the job and the money and the salary and even the benefits of the job aren't the whole picture. They can seem like the whole picture because you're so scared and you have so much anxiety about just getting a job a lot of the time yeah, and hopefully paying off your student loans. But there's a lot more to consider when you have a job offer on the table and where you're going to live and the type of people you're going to live around and what you have available to do in town. That's a big consideration. And I put a lot of thought into that for me personally, but I think it's something people should put into the equation onto the scales, even when they've got a job offer on the table, you know, hopefully multiple job offers. Yeah. But yeah. So long story short, we kind of crossed Longmont off the list. We crossed Boulder off the list because Boulder is ridiculously that's, expensive. That's more expensive, right? Oh my God. Yeah. We, we toured one two bedroom apartment that was like $2,700 a month. And we're, we were like, that is not we're already raising our cost of living. <laughs> I don't I don't see a need to raise it several levels all at once. Yeah, that that's just not going to happen. That's not. So we we'll went down to Denver. Boulder. It'll be fine. And I think Anna had just kind of arbitrarily picked apartments off of apartments.com that looked cool. We did three tours and the third building that we toured, we loved. And still more expensive than Ankeny, but nowhere near Boulder levels. Yeah. And then you guys came out and toured it. And I think I was pretty correct when I said you guys would like it a lot as well. Oh, yeah. And uh, now here we are. Immediately. Lease is signed. Both of us are moving into that building in just over a week. And uh, yeah. Oh, man. The fruits of all that planning have finally sprouted, blossomed. What's the word? <laughs> Grown. <don't> <laughs> they uh, did something. They did they something. Did, they did and something. Now, everything is hectic. For the next like 11 days. Yeah, it's true. But then it's going to be awesome. So before we dig into all the technical bits and the things to consider, I'm curious, like I remember coming home from that conversation with Anna and I was really scared to tell you guys that I wanted to move to Denver because I, I think like our friend group kind of had this 
notion that everyone would be in town for a while longer. Yeah. So I was like, I really don't want to tell my friends I'm leaving them at some point soon. But guys, I think I'm going to move to Denver. And then you were like, huh, we are also thinking about maybe yeah. moving to Denver. It was, a, it was a really weird coincidence. Three. And then, and then there was a couple other friends that we have that had coincidentally thought of Denver on their own as well. Mm-hmm. But well, it's a really popular city into it. It's growing really fast. And uh, also being in the Midwest, like it's not like we're in New Jersey or something selecting cities. Yeah. So Denver is like the coolest. If you go straight west, it's probably the coolest city that you hit first because I'm not counting Omaha. Sorry to anybody well, in Omaha, but I grew up next to Omaha. Yeah, you so grew up next to Omaha. Once again, <laughs> no novelty. I'm not going to like leave half my friends behind for what I grew up with. Yeah, that would be like moving back home, which that's, is basically I, what I did. I don't want to do that. I mean, I'm sorry that's that you had to do that. Yeah, I went to school right here in this city and now I moved back here just because it was convenient for everyone's work commutes. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I don't regret it because I got to spend more time with my mom and everything, but it wasn't it wasn't like a shake up to the system. It didn't mess. It didn't challenge me really at all. Yeah. I know this town so well, like I can drive the back roads to literally anywhere in town. Like it's, it's easy. Yeah. So I wanted something challenging, but I'm curious, like what made you select Denver personally? So the reason that I had been looking at Denver was because off and on, I would uh, toy with the idea of various language related things, being me who is constantly thinking about language related things. And there were two things, actually. One was the DELE. It's an exam put forth and sponsored or run by the Cervantes Institute in Spain, I believe. Mm. But it, it certifies your level of Spanish fluency, essentially. It's a test you can take. You get a little certification. And so I kind of just want to take that for the sake of doing it. I don't really have a solid reason what I need it for. I just, I just want it. I want to win it. And... Then there's the CELTA, which is the Cambridge-founded... Uh, it's a class that prepares you to teach English as a foreign language. Mm -hmm. And I had some strong inclinations toward checking that sort of thing out. And when I was looking up, where can I take these things? I wanted to take them. Oh, look, I cannot do this in Des Moines. I can't do this in Iowa. I can't do this... Uh, where do we got? We've got one you can take in Chicago. One you, you can take them in Vermont. You could take them up at the Pacific Northwest... But the first city that I saw where they were both offered that didn't seem like too much of a stretch but mm -hmm. seemed like a big enough change was Denver. And I know Denver has the seasons that I like. I know Denver has way more nature than I've seen before growing up in Iowa, and I haven't even seen the oceans or anything or oh, big right. mountains or anything. So Denver already is a pretty big jump for me, and it has both of the, the exams and the classes that I'm looking for. And I just couldn't get them here. I had to leave at some point. I didn't know yeah. it was going to be this soon, but I was looking. And it, I was I was strongly leaning toward Denver already because it would have the four seasons that I want. Just kind of all more interesting than Iowa. Iowa plus plus for me. That's a good way to, to represent it, I think. Yeah. So are those full classes that you have to take for several weeks at a time then? Or? One, the Spanish certification is just a test that okay. I sign up and take. The other one is a month-long class full-time Monday to Friday. Oh, wow. And you have like six hours or so of of like in-person teaching people where mm -hmm. they, they watch how you're teaching. And it's a big, intense thing. But I want to do it. And I have been recently, to test out whether I really like that, I had been volunteering to teach English at a local church 
to immigrants and I really enjoyed it. So I still am interested in doing this, but yeah, you always seem pretty stoked every time you come back from one of those classes. Yeah, I'm always really annoyed I have to wake up to to go somewhere on those days, but then I come back and I'm like, it was worth it. That was a good idea. I think I've noticed that being a thing with everyone I know who signs up to do anything. Yeah. Like the the hour or so before they have to go do it, they're just like, I don't want to do that. And then when they come back, they're so glad they did it. Yeah. That's, well, that's <laughs> I've had that to too. force myself to do things anyway, because I know... I know that I'm I've got some stuff to work out. My mm-hmm. sleep schedule is broken. Everything's kind of a mess until we move. But I still yeah. need to force myself to get out of the house. Yep. Yeah. And that's a good way to do it. I remember when I was in college, I took a ROTC physical fitness class. Now, I was a civilian, but I was working out with mainly people who were in the military uh, as part of that ROTC program on campus. And the class started at 6 a.m. every single morning. So As I was pissed every time. day that I had to wake up for that. Yeah. Uh, and I can I can get up at 530, you know, I, that's fine. But this was fresh. No, this was this was sophomore year of college. Uh, so it was still in the dorms. And I remember I would be trying to go to sleep and people are in the room playing Call of Duty at 11 p.m. or 1130 p.m. Yeah. So. I learned to fall asleep to that kind of stuff, but it was still difficult to wake up at 5.30 when I wasn't getting to sleep till 11.30 midnight sometimes. Yeah, but discomfort can be good. Yeah, and so, I mean, waking up for that class was tough, but when I'd get done with the workout, I felt great. And, like, my energy level and my motivation for starting the day was just sky high. So there's a lot of value in stuff that you have resistance to doing right up front, I think. Yeah. But yeah, so do you think that you would have waited to move had we not been doing it as well? Well, I think I would have waited had I not been injured, had I not messed up my arms for oh, a while. Oh, yeah. Because had I not messed up my arms, I'd likely be at my previous job still completely satisfied in Des Moines for at least another year or two. But yeah, I, that's I true. was going to do something because I wanted to go forth in a languagey direction, mm-hmm. which... I didn't want to necessarily go straight back to school for, yeah. I wanted to do something different and more specific like that class. And we made this decision to move before you started working with me, right? You know, because you started working with me back in February last year. So you've been doing about a year, year and a month, I think at this point. Yeah. And I want to say we made this decision at the near the end of 2015. So I think it's been like, in planning stages for quite a while yeah and we were thinking about doing it at you know i think it was like going to be the end of december at one point and then we pushed yeah, it like back i barely and, even remember at this point yeah there's all these things but anyway so yeah i mean that's it's cool to see that you had really but different yeah. reasons for so coming out than i did it's, at least it's kind of career related in a way it's yeah. a weird side hobby career but it's still a, a more or less career-related thing that's pushing me there because that's where the stuff is. It's the best place for you to go well, I didn't to advance to, your language career. The closest language were Chicago career. and Denver, and I, I have a lot more positives for Denver yeah. than Chicago. Well, yeah, like mountains, mountains and stuff. All all the super awesome nature. Yeah, even though the Great Lakes look like oceans when you're standing on the pier, they aren't oceans, and you can't surf on them. At least. I've never seen anyone surfing on them. Maybe you can. I'm not sure now that I say that. But yeah, you don't, don't think of the Great Lakes as being know. a surf destination. <laughs> but Denver Denver called to me. The mountains were calling. Yep. Yeah, uh, your girlfriend must, made pretty good art go. of that. Yeah. 
<laughs> but I remember when I was out there the first time, I was like, this place is awesome. I love all the brick. I love just like, I don't know, there's the mountains right at your window. There's tons of good breweries. Like it's, it's a great place. So uh, what I want to talk about is like finding the place to live because you've selected the city and I remember feeling this in particular. I would look at all the apartment listings available and it was like the most overwhelming thing in the world, it's especially the in a city that size because you don't know you don't know where you're supposed to live. You don't know what neighborhoods are good. You don't know the proximity to all the things you're going to want based on where you're going to like the apartments you select. So I want to talk a bit about some of the research we did, some of the tools we used for finding and narrowing down those apartment choices. Yeah. So I think the first thing that Anna and I did was we just started looking on apartments.com and Zillow.com. And I think those are the main ones. There may have been, I think she may have looked on Craigslist as well, but apartments.com and then Zillow.com are the best ones. If you're going to use Zillow, you want to turn off the, the, um, the filters for houses and like condos and stuff and just put rentals, but it's still a good way to do it. And you do want to use multiple tools because not every property manager or house owner, whoever's putting the, the apartment up for rent uses the same marketplace. Yeah. So you might find something on Zillow that you're not going to find on apartments.com. You might find something on Craigslist. You might get kidnapped on Craigslist. So I don't know, but <laughs> well, it'll say, I think it'll say somewhere in there. We will kidnap you. If you tour this apartment, just yeah. as long as you're cool with that show up, but I just want to let you know, you know, yeah, it's no like one, a 70% chance. We'll kidnap honest that they'll tell you up front. I'm pretty sure. Yep. Yeah. But, uh, so we use both of those. And another thing that I did is I basically started obsessively looking through the Denver forum board on city data. And uh, I want to remember the, I can't remember if it's .org or .com, so let me check real quick. So city-data.com, city that's what it is. And you can go to city-data.com. You can put in any city you want. It's actually really cool. You can see population statistics. You can see average weather over every single month. Um, let, me, let me look at it real quick because I want to remember exactly what all you can see on here. But it's really cool here. Yeah, population, you can see pictures, you can see crime data, you can see the actual city lines and stuff like that. Um, population, like mixing, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but the best thing that I think city data provides is the forum, because every city has a forum. There's a lot of people on it, and there's a lot of people who haven't moved to that city yet, putting questions in there and then getting lots of good answers from people who do live there. So if you have a question, there's probably already somebody who's asked that question on that forum. Um, and if not, you can ask it yourself. So I just spent tons of time scrolling through all the threads that interested me on the city data forum for Denver and also Yelp conversations. I think it's called, hmm. I want to say, but yeah, a lot of questions about certain cities will end up on Yelp and also Quora. So one thing that I looked oh, up yeah. is what is the best neighborhood to live in, in Denver? Cause when you're looking at the whole city, it's just like, you can't wrap your mind around it. It's too big. But once you can get some opinions from people saying like, oh, yeah, Washington Park is a good neighborhood. Capitol Hill is a good neighborhood. You know, if you go all the way out to Aurora, you're going to be kind of far from all the stuff that's fun. You can start to represent, I don't know, you can sort of like divide the city in your head and start to narrow down some places that might be more desirable than others. Um, you can also start to figure out like what's the budget range for certain neighborhoods. Oh, yeah. So we've got a couple of friends that we met who now live in Denver. 
and they live down in Centennial, I think. And they were saying like, oh, the prices down here are 800 bucks a month less than the median price up in like Washington Park or some more central city or like right downtown. Yeah. So if you're like, oh, well, my budget is this, you can start to narrow down what neighborhood might actually serve you with that in mind. So we did that. I started to get some like neighborhoods in my head. And then Anna would just start starring apartments on um, apartments.com and Zillow. And then another thing we did is we made a list of all the things we cared about in Evernote. So that included like we need garage parking. We need uh, we, we want um, in unit washer dryer. What else do we want? I don't remember all the things we wanted, but we made like a list and then we gave them prioritization scores. So things like allowed to have a cat that isn't pretty declawed. That is priority number one. Yeah, uh, must no be flexing. two bedroom, right? And then I remember we t- we, we uh, toured one that one of those apartments in Boulder. One of the selling points was that it was built to condo spec, and I didn't know what that meant. But what that apparently means is that it's built with concrete walls and concrete foundations, uh, you know, floor and ceiling, and that means you have way 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 less noise coming through the walls. Oh, so the walls are. Basically, yeah. The opposite of anywhere I've lived for the last, like, exactly. eight years. Yep. No paper-thin walls. And I didn't know that was a thing, but when that feature was touted to me, that became a high priority for me. Now, I don't think everyone needs to have concrete spec wall or condo spec walls as a high priority for their apartment, but as somebody who makes videos and podcasts, not having noises come through the walls is actually pretty high, excuse me, priority for me. So that went higher on the list, and um, luckily one of the places we found did have that even in Denver. So that was pretty cool. But once we had that priority list, we could start to narrow things down on Apartments.com, which helped us to not have to tour a zillion places in Denver. How many did you end up touring? We only toured three places in person in Denver. Okay, so we toured like three others. Twenty? No, no, no. We toured like three in Boulder, three in Denver, and one in Longmont. So you had to pick the most important ones, and then you you narrowed it down, and then you toured like the top contenders. Um, yes and no. So we did a little bit of the narrowing down, and then toured in Denver, and then um, that was probably over a year ago. At this, actually, I don't even know how long ago it was, but it was it was a good while this, ago. This move's been a long time coming. It's, yeah, we've been planning this for a while, and in that time, I spent probably more time than I needed to looking at more and more apartments on apartments.com. My star list is like a mile long and just like looking at floor plans, trying to figure out what the square footage per, per dollar would be the neighborhoods, all that kind of stuff. So I know the ins and outs of a lot of apartments, but we haven't been back with the uh, opportunity to tour. So we ended up just going with the one that we liked best on that first little tour run. Yeah. You know, and that's and, where you guys are moving to. So, yeah. And I only ever really looked at like three others before settling <laughs> on the one that I liked. And to you, begin with. you never toured anything except for the one that we're moving to, right? No, I think my philosophy with picking an apartment was a little, little more lax than yours because I was just like, here's what I want. I want minimum stuff that I like. I want a nice neighborhood with stuff, stores that I like around me. And yeah. basically, other than that, I don't care. I'll get rid of a bunch of my stuff. I don't care how much square footage I'm getting. I care that I can sleep somewhere nice next to stores I like and that I'm in Denver. Because once I'm in Denver, it would be really easy to tour other apartments, mm-hmm. really easy to explore other parts of the city and get a feel myself. 
I just wanted yeah. a decent decent starting point, and that first one checked all my boxes. So I was like, why why stress myself out, like yeah. looking at all these other apartments when I could just blindly pick this one and save a lot of time. And I think it's good that you say that because like I'm an overly analytical person in almost every aspect. Uh, but I do remember you saying like the apartment we go to first is the get us into the city apartment. And yeah. once you're in the it's city, agile. it's agile you, development moving. Exactly. But once you're in the city, you have a ton of benefits that you don't have before you're in the city. Number one, you're local. So if you want to change careers, then you'll be able to make a much more rational decision about where you want to live or work based on distance because yeah. the commute is something to think about. But also, once you're in the city, you can easily go scope out a neighborhood. You can easily go do a tour and you kind of know where everything is. Yeah. Like, Whereas like with Denver, I'm just like, how far away is that from the city center? I don't really know. Yeah, you can Google Maps <laughs> it all you want, but it's not the same as knowing it. And when we went and visited and one of the things we did was wa- walk around that neighborhood. Yeah. That apartment. Just, OK, let's pretend we lived here. What would it be like to walk to the tea shop? What would it be like to find the nearest park? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. You get a real feel for it. And if you're already in the city, you could do that with every neighborhood without having to pay for Airbnbs or hotels. Yeah, it's very true. Uh, so if you're overly analytical like me, because I know there is a, there's the type of person who would much rather move into town and just explore. And maybe that's the better way to do it. I don't know. Well, I having like, played a lot of Breath of the Wild, I think exploring and finding new things is uh, kind of fun. Well, I think the exploring is a little less. I'm not going to be climbing all over buildings. And <laughs> that's stuff, true. What if you did, though? Then I will be scared <laughs> because I am unfortunately not Tobey Maguire. And I will fall. We could go to the university and try to find like the biology department. Maybe they have some weird spiders there that yeah, can bite maybe you. That's, maybe that's exactly where my future's headed. I can I have some spiders bite me, please? I'm hoping like one of them will well, you know, shift my DNA around. About how many people you think have actually gone to, <laughs> gone to a department and asked that? More than one. It's more than one. I bet you that happens pretty often, yeah. actually, as a, at least people a joke. Must. Oh, yeah. Uh, but what I do or have been doing is I know where my apartment is. So I've been on Google maps and then I made a list of all the places that I go to frequently here in Iowa. So like my coffee shops, grocery stores, places to get my hair cut, all that kind of stuff. And then I went on Google maps and I just like sort of drug the map around looking for the closest location of that, where I'm going to live. So now I know. You're establishing your neighborhood. Grocery store is going to be, you know, half a mile away. And if I say any other things, people can triangulate where I live. So I'm not going to say a zillion more things. But yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Basically, I I have an idea now of where most of the things that I'm going to need on a regular basis are. And that was a really big factor in like actually making the decision to sign the lease because I have like one of my biggest values, actually like top, top priority was living in a place that was walkable where I do not have to get in my car and drive somewhere anytime I want to go somewhere. Beautiful. And also be able to just walk outside and see interesting things on my morning walks. Like I used to walk every single morning as part of my morning routine with a podcast or an audiobook, and I loved it. And I don't like doing it here because we live in like suburbia and yeah. it's just the most boring thing ever. You know, mm-hmm. there's freshly rolled there's out no lawns, life, freshly planted trees. And those trees might be beautiful in like 10 years or so. But right now, everything is just like you just built a new neighborhood in The Sims and nothing's really going on yet. That's what it is. They're vertical twigs. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, we're 
I remember when I was in high school, the place we are sitting right now was a cornfield. Yeah, this is so it's very new. So new. It has no history. <laughs> it has no character. Mm-hmm. You know, so and, and I don't want to sound like I'm complaining. It's a nice house, but it's I really do want to live somewhere that's walkable, where I don't have to drive somewhere every single time. Yeah. Well, you know? n- nothing against this house. It's just your personal values. This place is a fantastic place. If say we were raising a family or something. Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. Yep. But for my current values and for what I assume to be yours, doesn't line up as well with mm-hmm. what we could be doing right now. Yeah. So I think it's important to think about what your values are, not just in terms of, is there a washer dryer in the unit? You know, can I afford it? Can my cat be there? But also like, what's the location like? Yeah, what kind are you going to be close? Do like, you want? do you really want to have a basketball gym nearby? You know, do you play basketball? Well, what's the proximity to a park? I just found out, and I think I said this on a different episode. Uh, there's a parkour gym, like oh, yeah. two and a half miles away from where we're going to live. That's awesome. Woo! Like, damn, <laughs> I'm going to go there. I didn't even think about that yeah, because that's not a thing. To search for. That's not a thing in Iowa. Like. So uh, another thing I was thinking about when it comes to prioritization is uh, what's your cost of living going to be? And this is something that can factor into your your choice of jobs to take, because let's say that you have a job offer in Madison, Wisconsin for $50,000 a year, and you've got a job offer in San Francisco for $80,000 a year. The Madison job actually pays more. Yeah. Because the cost of living a bit. from Madison to San Francisco, that increase is ridiculous. Uh, and actually, so you can go on, uh, what is it called? Is it Numbio, I think? If I do cost of living comparison, I think it's on Numbio, possibly. Yes, Numbio.com. It's N-U-M-B-E-O.com. So if I go ahead and put Madison, Wisconsin, and then I compare it to San Francisco, uh, let's see what results I get here. Register to continue. That's stupid. All right. So here we go. You would need around $8,000 in San Francisco to maintain the same standard of life that you could have with $3,900 in Madison, Wisconsin. So you need to make more than double what you would make in Madison in San Francisco to have the same standard of living. And I've seen the rent prices there. They're insane. Yeah, I think I've heard of people making like six digits and having to get a roommate for yeah. certain places. Just be, That's absurd. That is what the Silicon Valley startup culture has done to that city. It is. That uh, is I heard recently like a million. I heard recently that it is more expensive to live there than New York now. And I'm not mm. sure if that's true. I could probably look it up on Numbio, but I don't want to put too many yeah, clicking that place noises. Is in no, there. It's never been anywhere near any list of something that I'd likely live in. But yeah, and I mean, this this is partly um averaged out so you can obviously look at neighborhood statistics inside of a city i mean you you'll get average statistics for say denver but the rent you're going to pay in washington park or downtown is going to be quite a bit higher than the rent you're going to pay out in centennial or aurora or like lincoln or one of those other kind of like suburbs that are basically part of the city so do your research but when you are comparing job offers or when you're comparing cities just for other reasons go run a cost of living comparison both with where you live now and against the multiple places that you are comparing. Because you might be surprised. Yeah. Well, it's easy to have a gut instinct that says that $30,000 difference. I, I should take that, but then mm-hmm. you're actually losing quite a bit. Yeah, so that that is important to note. So we've been going for 42 minutes. I'm going to make you edit for hours. No, I could seriously, okay. I could talk about this for so long. But there's a few more things I wanted to talk about. Uh, and those are the way that I'm organizing this move. 
So I already did say that one of the things I did is I looked at where I'm going to live and then I started just kind of searching the immediate radius around there and starring things on Google Maps that I wanted to like save. And I think that's a really good thing to do unless you're one of those super explorey kind of people. You know, if you're that kind of person, then definitely go in blind. That's fine. Uh, but personally, I have a giant list of stars here on Google Maps. Oh, yeah. And not just for boring stuff. I mean, I do have like the grocery store marked and I've got like a few other things marked. Got to have GameStop marked, of course. But uh, I think this actually resulted in me finding something I would not have otherwise found because I just got curious one day and I was like, I wonder if there are any DDR machines in Denver and I couldn't find anything. There was basically nothing. So I was like, crap. Okay, I guess I'm screwed. Uh, And then I just typed into Google Maps Arcade. And you and I have already gone to the arcade bar called the One Up. Yep. Which is downtown. There's a second location in Colfax. It's awesome. It's basically like the one in our town, pretty much. Except for they don't have cool pun named drinks. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't have that yet. We should tell them. Oh, I'll tell. I'll tell them. We'll charge them for that idea. I'll charge them free drinks. Uh free I drinks and twenty percent of your profits. And uh, the idea is name your drinks after video games. Somebody else is going to snap that deal up. Punch. Or the punch out. That's a better one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So I typed in arcade into Google Maps in Denver. And it just gives you a bunch of different uh, options here. So I just started going through the list. And one of them looked like it was a bowling alley. But then I looked into it. And what it turned out to be was literally a Japanese arcade. That's not a bowling alley. It has a bowling alley in it. And its name has bowling first before the amusement quote, which oh, I guess really? just covers everything really? else. So it's like round one, bowling and amusement. And I'm like, all right, I'll just look at it because I'm curious. And uh, having been to Japan three times, I can tell you this accurately. They have all the games from Japan. Ooh, like it's ridiculous. And this they have brand new DDR machines, brand new pump it up machines. So like I can go play those and I would not have otherwise discovered that place. If I hadn't have been just poking around Google Maps. It's, this is so, exciting because I haven't seen that place still. So I still get the novelty of seeing it for the first time. I yeah. Haven't. Also, I haven't been to Japan. Therefore, I get twice the novelty. That's true. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder what it's going to. I can't get that feeling that you're going to get because my first exposure to an arcade like that was in Japan. Yeah. So everything was like so foreign to me. Uh, and then this being in America, I was like, what? This is the weirdest thing ever. Yeah. But actually, round one is a Japanese company. So that is why. They basically just shipped over a bunch of their machines cool, and started some stores in America, which is pretty sweet. Uh, but yeah, so Google Maps stars can help you sort of map the location where you're going to be and know where stuff is. That can be pretty useful. And then the big thing for organizing the move, I think, is you should use Trello to create lists of things you need to do. And the way that mine is organized is I've got a board called Moving to Denver. And then I've got lists for different things. So I have a Iowa related list that talks about like the services I need to cancel. So I don't forget to like cancel the water utilities and internet utilities. So I'm not paying extra for multiple months. Um, scheduling like a house cleaning so we don't get charged for moving out, like leaving a dirty house. Yeah. There were like several issues I needed to bring up with the um, the property manager. Uh, buying boxes, scheduling the U-Haul rental, which I will also give you this tip. Schedule your U-Haul rental like a month out, especially if you are in a college town and you're moving out right after graduation, there are a zillion other people graduating and all of them are going to need U-Hauls. Was so, it hard to get the 
it wasn't hard for me because I scheduled it like a month and a half in advance. Hmm. Like I ordered the U-Haul back in February. Cool. But I do remember when I had to move to college, like freshman year, the first time ever, we didn't realize that everyone else would be moving to college because we didn't think of that. I guess we were dumb. And the U-Haul place was like, yeah, most of our stuff got booked out a really long time ago. Oh, so with that nice condescending, condescending tone from the person <laughs> behind the desk. Yeah, you dumb. What's your problem, boy? Uh, so we got really lucky. What they told us at the time is all we have is a trailer, like not a closed U-Haul box, not a truck, like literally just a trailer that's open to the elements. So we were thinking, oh, my gosh, we're going to have to get tarps and like stack everything on there and tie it down with a ton of ropes. And uh, turned out that somebody canceled, so we ended up being able to get a trailer-hitched U-Haul box. So it wasn't a truck, but at least it was closable and yeah. contained. Um, but we almost, yeah, we almost uh, ended up with an open-air trailer, and wouldn't you know it, the day we moved up to college, it was raining. Naturally. That's how moving days are. In so fact, <laughs> I wouldn't even doubt if it rains on the day we move. It probably will. Calling it now. It'll just be torrential downpour. Yeah, I think most days I've moved things. Either there have been uh, rainstorms or, in the case of your sister, hornet storms. There was a hornet storm. That sounds really cool. That sounds really scary. Sounds cool. I'm just imagining like a giant tornado of hornets. Hornet storm. I don't like that. I think that's worse than Sharknado. Yeah. Hornet NATO. Yeah. That's, well, that's worse because every single part of the NATO. It's just the worst, most you. painful, stinging weather disaster ever yeah and uh, i am now going to go pitch that to a movie studio uh but yeah use trello for that kind of stuff make sure you schedule your u-haul rental early let's see here what else oh something you and i both did that a friend of mine asked what are you doing when i was doing it and then i was like i'm i'm reading the lease and is, he said why is that not is that not expected <laughs> So I think a lot of people just look at their lease when they get it and they just like, this is 20 pages of crap. Uh, I'm sure it's fine. They sign it. I would recommend that you read your lease. You know, yeah. which you did that. You read the entire lease. I spent I read, a good hour reading that lease. I don't read all the electronic terms and conditions, honestly. But when it comes to something like apartment complexes yeah. or jobs. When it's big. or I read every word of that contract before I sign it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I know all the things like, for instance... Um, some leases have a buyout clause, which states that if you want to, you can actually buy out your lease often for just one month's rent if you need to leave early. Hmm. So, you know, somebody who didn't know that might think, oh, I can't get out of my lease and they may make a big life decision for that. Or maybe your lease doesn't have a buyout clause and then you do make a big life decision and you end up paying a ton of money. Yeah. I know that the lease we're on right now doesn't have that. And if we were to leave, it would cost a lot of money. Not now, because we're almost out, but yeah. the way it was like written, if we had left earlier in the lease, it would have cost... We would have had to pay... Approximately like, one buttload of money. Approximately. Yeah, rounded. that's a technical term. It is rounded. You know, but it is a rounded buttload. Not like okay. a square. Yeah. <laughs> I don't... That's like a SpongeBob buttload. Actually, no, SpongeBob's butt is not square. They that's... do show it in the cartoon. Oh, yeah. It is weird and round that's and true. just like weirdly attached to the square sponge. Yes. But, you know, I probably won't what, be linking to that in the show. That's notes. what you come to this podcast for is analysis of SpongeBob, SpongeButt. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, well, let's see. What else is on my 
on my Trello here that I think is important. So yeah, read the lease. Any communication you get from your landlords or whoever is going to help you with coordinating the move, save that. I've got an Evernote tag called Denver. Everything that is Denver related is in there. I know it like back and forth and then it has been translated into tasks on this um, Trello. Yeah. And it's not just it's not just like stuff related to the apartment too. There's like register to vote, get a new driver's license, get a new bank account. I got to like things that are important for the move itself, yeah, you like attaching your addresses everywhere. Yeah. Mail which forwarding. You can go you do can mail do forwarding. Yep. You can do that on the United States Postal Service website and you can actually schedule the date that it's going to start. So you can do it a month in advance. Um, you may have to get like renter's insurance. So I think like if you pay attention to all the communication you get, and then you're just like proactive about looking up ways to maximize your move, you're going to be able to create a pretty good list, whether it's in Trello or something else. And as long as you just keep up to date on everything that's supposed to be done and do it, you'll be fine. Yeah. My move is way more difficult than probably 99% of other people because I have to move my business. That is true. In addition that is gross. to my personal life. And that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I have to like, form an entirely new LLC and then do all sorts of weird businessy things. It's no good. I don't even think I get to put on a suit and go shake hands at like a mahogany boardroom table or anything. It's just all online. So it's annoying and not badass. Yeah. Like what kind of world is this? There's no cigars. There's no scotch. There's nothing. We'll fix it. There's no power colors on your ties. Come on. Uh, But luckily I do have my lawyer helping me out with it. So yeah. So I'll just, I'll take the pain in the form of money rather than headaches and she can deal with smaller headaches because she's smarter than me in those things. Yeah. Um, I also have a list of things to get rid of and I'm using the, um, what are they called? Labels? Yeah. The colored labels in Trello to mark them as either give slash donate or sell or throw away so I can organize what needs to go on the side of the road to be picked up by the trash people, what needs to go to the goodwill, and what can be sold on like Facebook Marketplace, which is my favorite now. Like Craigslist is a thing, but Facebook Marketplace is better. And you can only use it on the app on your phone, I think. I don't think you can use it on your uh, on your the website and web browser. That's weird. Yeah, it's weird. Hmm. But it works really nicely. You can see exactly how many people have viewed your listing. You can look at all the like the people who have messaged you. The only thing that's given me anxiety is like the first guy messaged me and he's like, hey, I can pick this thing up. And I'm like, cool, do it. And he should be here in an hour or so. But in between that time, like 18 other people have messaged me. And I'm just like, I guess the best course of action is to simply say nothing to them. And then, you know, tell somebody if he doesn't show up. But I don't know. Yeah, I never know how to do that. I don't know. What I should have done is like, so what Facebook should do is let people purchase the thing right away via credit card, then they could take a cut and then I would know exactly who I was selling it to. Yeah. But they don't do that. And they're giving it away for free. So it doesn't matter anyway. But anyway, I've got to get rid of list. I have a things to buy after moving list, which I know you're pretty excited about doing stuff like that. Yep. Buying a cast iron pan. I'm going to buy a new couch probably. Um, important notes list, which is just like things from the lease that I think we need to know. Like you can't hang plants on the balcony and you can't grill on the deck and things like that. Uh, yeah. And just having this, I've been checking it every day. I've been assigning things to Anna that she needs to take care of, been putting due dates on stuff. It is like 
my moving headquarters slash control panel slash Batcave computer. And it's making things way easier. Yes. It is yeah. much like a Batcave computer. Yeah. So, I mean, this is almost an hour. Do you have any anything that sticks out as, like, additional tips for moving? Uh, well, you are getting you got your list of stuff to get rid of right now. Your donations, your mm-hmm. selling, your whatever. I would like to point out that I did this, like, 10 months ago. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you and did. And I got rid of 10 to 12 boxes worth of stuff way ahead of time, knowing mm-hmm. that I would hate having to do it now. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I've got my list of pre- and post-move requirements, just like you. They're not in Trello, but mm-hmm. I have a list. But after I get there, one of the important things on my post requirements is I'm going to go to meetup.com and I'm going to look for cool stuff to join. Oh, yeah. Cool organizations. and Yeah. Things. Just a, you know, it's just like in our Path to College series on the podcast in the transition to when you get into college and getting used to it. Mm-hmm. One of the most important things we talk about is building your comfort zone because people get so homesick because they've got nowhere where they just feel really that comfortable yet yeah so as soon as i get there one of the first things that i need to do just like a student moving to school is to establish a comfort zone find my favorite places to hang out or relax Mm -hmm. have you ever heard of the three second rule um for no i've heard of the five second rule i've heard of the 20 second rule but not the three second rule Well, five seconds you can eat food off the ground yeah you know that's a rule for life right there you can do something cool or not cool. What's oh, the, yeah. So that the three-second rule is basically like when, say you see a girl at the bar or somebody at um, a networking event, and you think to yourself, I should go talk to that person. The three-second rule is like, within three seconds, make the decision to go do that. Oh, hey, because I do if, that with my friends. When yeah, I, I like, think boom. of them, and then I text them immediately. Mm-hmm. Instead of like going, man, maybe they're busy. I don't know. I just, I don't even care. I just text some nonsense. It could be literally just typed nonsense <laughs> just the word rule. nonsense it's it's easier to communicate and socialize than yeah. you make it out to be when you've when you've hyped it up and you've waited for the perfect moment just say some nonsense and it'll work out maybe mm-hmm. so the idea here is to live by the three second rule not to decide on to use the three second rule in an individual case because yeah. like if you're just like all right within three seconds i'm gonna go do it because if you don't like past three seconds that's when the doubts start to creep in or you're, you're like, mm, maybe they're going to think I'm creepy. They're, they're with their friends. I don't, I would be bothering them. And I think, uh, the three second rule, not in the amount of seconds, but in spirit creeps into like the way or like your, your likelihood to be adventurous and to go do things when you move to a new place. So ride the wave of novelty and enthusiasm right when you move in. And like you said, go do meetup, or go find some sort of group to join. Because if you move in and just immediately like establish a comfort zone of sitting in your apartment no, and no, being a neat, like <laughs> I don't want to be I don't want to be isolated. So <laughs> yeah, immediately do I gotta reach out because of course it's gonna be uncomfortable at first, but yeah. if you build it into your comfort zone, it'll pay off way better later. When yeah. You're like, I moved here for a reason. Otherwise, if I was just moving to stay inside all day, I could move somewhere cheaper mm-hmm. and stay inside all day. I could do that here. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So yeah, do what you can to get connected and to get outside of your comfort zone right away so that your comfort zone can become established as something that's worthwhile and not just hanging out by yourself. I've actually heard a lot of stories about people who graduate from college, they move to a new city by themselves, they kind of get separated from their friends, and then they don't do anything. Yeah. You know, like especially since I have a lot of engineering and computer science friends who are really into gaming, some of them left town and they just kind of like go to work, come home, play video games, 
And like when you talk to them, they're just like, yeah, I don't really know many people yeah. in my city. And I think that's kind of sad, to be honest, like yes, to me. Yeah, it's not, and I love video games. Nothing against video games. But yeah. it's easy to build a comfort zone that makes every day the same. And if every day is the same, then decades are going to just, they're going to be gone in an instant. You're not even going to notice. Yeah. You got to go out of your way to do something cool. Yeah, exactly. So that's, uh, so yeah, that's an awesome tip to end on. A um, couple of things I want to mention here. Number one, we did an episode of Listen Money Matters on this topic. We called it, I think we called it How to Move Your Life to a New City or New Location. We'll have that up in the show notes. And Andrew and I went through a lot of related and additional details that I think you will be, you, you know, it'll be good for you to listen to those as well if you're moving. Also, there's a lot to this topic. We've been talking for an hour and I could probably think of like 40 more things to say. Yeah. So if you like this episode and you want to hear more, um, send us questions, like specific questions you have. And at some point we can do a follow up episode where we just tackle a lot of those questions on mass. Yeah. Because I'm sure there's a lot we're missing here. And uh, no, if you I mean, can help it's, it's to guide us, us more than a year to do it. So yeah. it's, there's a lot of decisions we've needed to make. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, if, you, if you're quite if you've got questions, you can use those to guide us in a follow up episode. You can put them in our Reddit community over at collegeinfogeek.com slash community. Um, the comments for this episode, you can tweet it to me. Or if you're listening to this on YouTube, the comments section right below that video is an excellent place. You know, Martin, I can't wait till we're caught up. Yep. Actually, you know. How close are we? We are not that close right now because it's March 16th, but what about by the time out? this comes out on April 10th, we will be really close. We can see the future, guys. I think I calculated that we would be current by like April 18th or something like that. Oh, that's pretty close, actually. So yeah, this should, this should come out on YouTube pretty shortly after it comes out on the actual podcast feed. Cool. And uh, very soon after that, we'll be current, like episodes should be coming out on the channel the day they come out on the feed and I'll be pretty happy when that happens. Yeah. It's kind of weird because there's some people who are on the YouTube channel being like, man, this is great. Like acting like I just recorded it. They're like, wow, I can't believe you've talked about Cal Newport so many times and you finally interviewed him. Like, yeah, I interviewed him like a year ago. <laughs> yeah. So, but a lot of people didn't know about the podcast. So they are thinking that, you know, it's current. And I guess I didn't have the foresight to put like originally published on whatever it didn't seem that important to me at the time so anyway show notes for this episode you can find them over at cigpodcast.com slash 154 and uh, on that show notes page you'll find that link over to listen money matters episode if you want to listen to that as a compliment to this one and you'll also find lots of links to those resources we talked about like apartments.com and zillow and trello and all that kind of stuff so definitely check that out if a move is in your near future um, you'll also find a way to rate and review this show on iTunes. So if you want to support this podcast, and you want to see it grow. That's definitely a good way to do it. Or you can go over to the YouTube channel and subscribe to that. If you'd like to listen to this uh, episode on YouTube. And I think that's about all we have. So until next time we record until next week, stay cute.